Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music. Music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening. And I couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics, they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller, my shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. Bring on life. So I'm full of questions and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions? I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now, I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. Years, years, I tell you. I waited years to sit down with Mike Ness, and it was worth every second of every year. Turns out he, like me, is a father trying to figure things out, and they don't always work out the way you thought they would. I found the main man of social distortion a bona fide good guy. We opened up the microphones prior to Social D concert in Grand Rapids, Michigan, on November 27th, 2011. But you know what I was thinking first off is do you do you appreciate life or do you think of it as a struggle? Oh, I definitely appreciate life. Uh, you know, I joke with all the guys in the band that I'm going to live to be 100, you know. <laughs> I mean, I obviously, you know, enjoy life and uh but you know, um life's lessons, you know, um sometimes they're a little bit more than I bargained for and and hmm. uh you know, uh just have to uh, gotta roll with it, you know. Are you still a guy thinking that there's a lesson to be learned today and tomorrow and that? Or I, I do believe that the day you stop learning is the day that you die. And unfortunately, the the the, the human ego it doesn't always allow that. Most people think by the time they're eighteen, they know everything, and and yeah. they don't want to learn anything else. And then you really get stuck in your ways and uh yeah uh good luck with that one <laughs> yeah is there a biggest lesson you've learned in life i mean when you go through heroin addiction and being a parent and i don't know starting a band i mean god there's a gazillion lessons but is is there one is there one that you kind of go yeah that that turned my life around well i mean the biggest lesson that i think anybody can learn and, and as me has been a continual thing is that uh Music is the only area of my life I have a little bit of control. <laughs> uh, the rest, and and that's limited. You know, I yeah. mean, I got a crew of guy, great guys who work for me. Right. I got a great band, and yeah, on the road and in the studio and whatever, I'm the boss. Right. So, you know, that's great, but real life is not that way. Yeah. And. Uh, so that's the biggest lesson is that uh you know uh i have control of zero <laughs> and you're, you're not the boss man at home well 
to some extent yeah but you know uh i'm not the only one there yeah so but that's a good thing to have that team i mean yeah i'm a married guy i'm with kids mm-hmm. same as you and i think i don't think i could actually do it on my own plenty of people do mm-hmm. but there are times when i'm at my wits end and i kind of go mm-hmm. this is th- take care of this please mm-hmm. <laughs> i need to walk out of the room you know mm-hmm. yeah i think you wrote a great song on uh on, uh, on your latest release called Writing on the Wall mm-hmm. about parenting and, mm-hmm. and wishing for your kids, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a tough song to write. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, my older son is a lot like me, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. <laughs> and uh, The good you know, and bad traits we share, right? Yeah, and um, I feel like everyone's got to find their own path and my kids are no different they've got to find what works and what doesn't work and and, uh you know um it's been a great actually you know i mean another lesson that i've learned is that you know i mean i've never really learned anything unless pain was involved yeah i mean if everything's going great well it's really not a whole lot to learn from Mm. You know, you're not really in that position of like, you're not receiving, you're not open to uh, trying something new or whatever. It's just like, hey, everything's cool. What, you know, don't mess around with it. But so, you know, I had a guy tell me once that pain is good and extreme pain is extremely good. <laughs> and that every time that I have gone through pain, I've had to grow from it. Yeah, you know, uh, emotionally and spiritually. So, you know, it's been actually something that has helped our family, you know, and helped work on uh, issues that you know needed addressing. Can can we stay in parenting world for a minute? Mm -hmm. Have you? I think what the hardest thing for me is is to think how much I was um, my kids' dads so much better when they were younger, and now it's like as they as they're growing older we don't connect as much mm-hmm. How, have you found that a, oh it's isn't that weird yeah, i mean but I it's mean, real the teenage years are are crazy i mean yeah. they don't want to be with you they don't want to talk to you they don't want to show affection right and you know and that's without any problems you know and, and it's very hard you know i mean I did not have a very good example of parenting growing up. So a lot of times my initial reaction, I relate so much to some of the TV I watch and and the Mm. Bernie Mac show. Right. I mean, I I relate so much to Bernie Mac and that series of like, and how he thinks about kids. Like, you know, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. And it's like, okay this is great and this is funny but and i relate to this but this isn't real and right for me i guess the hardest thing is just not to take it personal yeah. you know that 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 is the hard put thing. their headphones on and shut me out maybe they just want to hear music and maybe they're going through a lot of a lot of it is is that i didn't get that opportunity to experience my adolescence i had to really grow up quick and I had to do it without my parents pretty much from the age of 15 and a half on. And 
And that was probably better than staying there. Mm. So it's very hard for me to, I can't, it's not like I can go back to sophomore year in high school and say if it was a normal family, I would have been much more well adjusted, you know? So I don't have that as a, as a kind of a template. Right. Right. So that's, it's been a little extra hard to figure things out. So do you feel, feel a little cheated by God or whoever? I mean, do you feel like, Hey, why was I given the short end of the stick in this particular area? The only time I feel that way is when at 50 years old, I'm still having to like, you know, deal with something that, you know, obviously is related to the past. It's a pattern. It's a pattern maybe I've been doing for 45 years that I don't even know what it is. Right. And that's when I just say, this is, this is friggin' more than I bargained for. I don't, you're asking me to put my left shoe on first when I've been putting my right shoe on first for 45 (laughs) years. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I'm all for like outside help and and I'm all for like, you know, uh, that's one thing that since I got clean that I've been able to, you know, that's my wife. My wife says is my saving grace is that I'm always willing to, you know, I may put up a fight at first, but within a day or two, I'm like, all right, you know, I'll mm. try it. Or mm. maybe that, maybe I was wrong there. Maybe, uh, I was harsh. Maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe there is another way. Uh, maybe there is someone else's point of view, yeah. not just mine. Yeah. Yeah. We're born like six, six weeks apart. Does 50 get you all in a bunch being 50 years old. Feels like nah. a different feels like a different number than forty and thirty to me. I don't know why. Yeah, but I mean, I'm in better shape than I was when I was forty. I'm yeah. I'm uh, you know, I, I get to go and I, I my therapy is is boxing. Really? And, and uh, you know, it just it gets the aggression out. It really? Lets the, it lets the the endorphins in my head. It, it makes me calmer. Uh, it gives me like. You know, I'm confident, and by being confident, I'm able to handle situations more calmly. Wow. You know, uh, so that, and then I plan to get back to uh, the hot yoga, Bikram yoga, because... Mm, I, I've done yoga. The, the flexibility I'm learning is almost more important than any muscle growth or tone or any of that. Wow. Yeah, so, and... It enhances, you know, spirituality, my mm-hmm. spiritual contact, which can never be done too much as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So what, what is your spiritual contact? Do you, you think there's a God out there? or? Yeah, I mean, I do think there's a higher being. I do think there's a creator. I do think that there is a higher power. Um, but it does not, for me, although I, ha- I sometimes use religious icons as symbolism. Yeah. Uh, it is not the religious doctrine or dogma, you yeah. know, that is, uh, because I, I, you know, although I do feel you can get stuff from Christianity or uh, I feel just as open to that as I am to Buddhism or you know, 
Muslim or, or whatever, you know. Hey, if we, can, if we can raise the level of light in this world, I guess I don't care where it comes from. Exactly, you know, and, and uh, you have to do something, you know. Uh, I've never been a flag waver, you know. I'm yeah. never like, you know, yeah. even though it's well known, I'm a vegetarian and, you know, practice spiritual whatever, or, or but never been like, you know, do it my way or do it this, or, or if you don't vote, you know, Democratic, Right. Or, you know, or whatever, you know. Yep. I, I kind of keep that to myself, but, you know, um, ultimately it does come down to humility, I feel, hmm. and service or, and community. Yeah. Those are great ways for me to kind of stay grounded hmm. and uh, realize... Uh, uh, that's part of my, I guess that would be part of my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like uh, when you write music and you perform, is that part of you giving back to your community, if you will? No, but I mean, I guess it is in a way. I mean, I mean, we do like benefits and we do fundraisers and we do things like that. That's more how I see it. I don't see what I'm doing every night playing in front of a crowd is like, oh, I'm, you know, some like, you know, uh, I mean, I'm providing them hopefully with entertainment and and a good show. I've always taken pride in that. Yeah. I give 150% every night. Right. But I don't look at it as like I'm, I'm, that's not how I feel. That's not how I give back. But don't you think you're throwing hope all over the room when you're singing your words? Because well, you, you, talk, you, you sing a lot about us being broken, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in this place is where we're maybe in, I don't know if desperation is the word, but I'll just use it for the time being. Mm -hmm. But somehow it's like, you can pull yourself out of the muck. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the basic gist I get from every, almost mm -hmm. everything you've written. You know? Yeah, well, I guess that you know, uh, provides a certain amount of optimism or, yeah. Uh, or hope, yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, I love, I love the words in uh, Through These Eyes. I mean, just the opening mm -hmm. words. I've seen love and I've seen hate and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I've seen God's holy grace. And then you end it with uh, found myself again, but nearly lost my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what, what do the last words mean? What is, what is that, how does that bring the whole, whole song together for you? Well, I guess it all comes back down to that more than I bargained for thing. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's like, you know, you think as at a certain age you've become a man <laughs> and you know, it's funny because i'm writing a book right now oh and i you know when i'm meeting with these guys who are helping me write it you know i i was telling them you know i i don't want this book to be a typical rock book you know i mean i don't i will give you war stories and i will give you scenarios that are candid and graphic yeah. and yeah but I really want this book, and I, but I don't. I also don't want to write a, some sort of self-help book, mm -hmm. and I don't want to go that extreme. But I do want it, the the gist of the book to be about my struggle to become a man, and and um, it's funny, you know. I I went to this retreat recently and. 
was really informative about just like if you were uh if you felt unsafe or unloved as a child or even take it even further the chaos that must have been going on when i was in my mother's womb and how basically you bring you know so out of the gate yeah <laughs> you know you're you got strikes against you right and um you know i was able to get I, i'm so grateful i got clean up off drugs and alcohol when i was 23 i was so lucky to have already hit some sort of really heavy emotional bottom it wasn't i guess it was situational as well you know i was almost homeless and i was in jail all the time and every time i was in jail i was you know kicking heroin cold mm. turkey and mm. so i mean that helped me reach this bottom but i mean um for the first 12 years of sobriety i lived alone with myself and a cat and i didn't have to really <laughs> and i painted houses for my first five years till i didn't have to work anymore right but i didn't have a whole lot of life's uh things where i had to you know um grow up right grow up yeah yeah you know i didn't have someone telling me that hey if you sleep from every girl from california to maine <laughs> that you know that's right. harmful a b it's self-destructive right and and see, you know, you, you're really just not going to develop much of a relationship with yourself. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just I've had to figure out a lot of this uh, stuff later on in life. And, and uh, thank God I've got a wife that, you know, is patient. And, um, but yeah, I mean, so I guess that, that in answer to your question, that, that line, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, these things that come up when they come up whether it's getting clean and or having to find a god or mm -hmm. having to learn how to have fun clean and sober or right. learning how to have a relationship with a friend or 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 family or uh, your wife or whatever it's like right. it still presents challenges and that's the only time i feel like you know hopeless or like Mm. I, I don't know what more I can be doing right, right now, or right. or I don't. I get frustrated and I don't see an answer, an, mm. an attainable answer, quickly, that I can just grab and go. Oh, here it is. Okay. I see signs of of you turning into a man through your lyrics. I'll say, if that's a fair, because maybe I see them more in myself. Maybe that's more accurate, right? But like, I'm even going back to now. I was wrong, but there there's a time when you're living bad and you've turned yourself around, right? Things that you just sort of talked about. Mm -hmm. But, but when you actually look in the mirror and go, my bad, my fault, because mm -hmm. too many times that, that finger has been going all over the place, sure. pointing out to everybody else, why they're keeping me down, mm -hmm. why things aren't happening for me. And that's why you write that song. Yeah. Because of your growth and sure. And maturity, yeah. right? Right. That's mm -hmm. really what it is. Right. Mm hmm. And it was it was great because at that time, not a whole lot of in rock and roll music. It's kind of like you know, even if you were wrong, you don't really admit it, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like for years, rock and roll has just been like, 
Yeah, that's what I do. That's who I am. Right. Yeah. Take it or leave it or yeah. whatever. You know. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a big thing when you when you drop your ego a little bit and go. Wow. <laughs> and that I think that was uh, that seems to be a a, a uh, what I think the fans appreciate most about my writing is when I am able to drop that guard mm. and and be honest and. Uh, well, and, the, and those are the big lessons for me learned, too, is that I, I, I can be a part of it rather than and, and grow inside because I'm able to drop, mm-hmm. you know, and be and just be vulnerable and honest mm-hmm. to people, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. so thank thank you for doing that, because yeah. th- those are big steps, especially for me to do it individually. Mm-hmm. It's a big step for you to do it mm-hmm. individually and, quote unquote, publicly, mm-hmm. you know. To lay it out there. Well, I get a lot that people, the most common thing that people come up to me and say is that, hey man, you know, your music got me through some hard times. And, and I say, you know, I just really just reply, me too. Mm. You Because know, I wasn't really writing them for them. Right. I was writing them for me. You know, I must have been having to go, I was going through something or had needed to get through it and that's how yeah. I did it. And, uh, but that, that's pretty great that you that 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 happens. Um, I'll take uh, I'll go I'll jump to Bakersfield in California, hustle and flow. Because mm-hmm. I think you're in a place of feeling broken, but you're searching for direction. If not, maybe in Bakersfield, searching for forgiveness a little bit. But there's a line in Bakersfield that I love. Uh, I can't can't hardly fake it, girl. Fake it through this day because I think that's what we try to do. You know. Yeah, the bravado and yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, the ego and all the stuff we were kind of just talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. Wondering how the hell I got myself into this mess, and more importantly, how I'm going to get myself out of it, dude. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So straight yeah, up. that's the uh, another TV series I completely relate to. I, I relate a lot to TV because yeah. I still watch a lot of TV. Uh-huh. I, I enjoy TV. It's a great escape for me, and I, it's a great time of reflection. Whether it's King of Queens or Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, you know, I love that show, or, or Seinfeld. You know, it's like. I did a schmucky thing, you know, like, I'm sorry, I did a schmucky thing, I'm a schmuck. Right. You know, I'll, I'll make it right. Yeah. Uh, can't take it with you is a big lesson I think I learned too, is uh, because I still think there's times when I try to collect everything and, mm-hmm. and think that things are going to make things all better. And somewhere down the line, I've heard it a zillion times from family and friends and, of course, songs. Mm-hmm. Can't take it with you, baby. Mm-hmm. King Tut tried, but... <laughs> didn't work he failed also right yeah he, he he if anyone could have done it he could have and he failed miserably that's unfortunately grave robbers <laughs> yeah is it a is is it an american thing or is it a human thing that we need to gather shiny stuff to to show off to to my neighbor and go hey look at my new I shovel I, i'm like the worst person to talk to about it because i i, I do it every day yeah i mean i i I, now I have a store where I sell things, so now I'm like justifiably out. Yeah, you can't. Oh, use picking, all credibility, right? Picking and hoarding, and you know, and and making profit, and like, but it's like, and then keeping the good stuff for myself. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I watch hoarding and go, wow, you know, right. it's a little close for comfort. <laughs> you know, can we turn the channel, please? Yeah. I. Uh... But you know. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I look at kind of my justification is is like I'm kind of like the custodian of like our history. You know, I collect old cars, I collect old guitars, I collect just 
everything from jewelry to toys to advertisement to tools, whatever, you know, and, and some of it I sell and I feel like, you know, I'm just keeping people from going to Ikea and buying ish, you know. <laughs> so, so if we're the same age, were you collecting really, those really cool Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars? Bit. I didn't do a thing. whole lot of collecting as a kid, um, but... But when you would see him, you'd go, man, if we yeah. can make a car look like that. Or, you know, they'd have those old hot rods, right? Sure, of course. You know? Yeah. Kind of kind of fun. Hey, Diamond in the Rough is another song I wanted to ask you about because I think you're searching for answers in there. But but the real big message, I think, is is a message that I'm I'm trying to understand is, is when you really feel like you're found by someone. Mm-hmm. When connection really happens, that's when mm-hmm. maybe we feel like we have some sort of worth. Mm-hmm. When somebody else says, mm-hmm. you mean something to me. Well, when they can see something inside of you that you don't even really see yourself. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, or they can see your potential and your capabilities, but yet, you know, maybe you get in the way of letting those things shine through. Yeah. So do we have to surround ourselves with people like that? Because you know I how think it's so. e- Yeah, it's yeah. easy to surround yourself with... Um, say like-minded people even even if those people will suck your soul yeah i i've i've really tried you know uh most of my close friends are are not like me you know i don't really like to be around people Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) uh, i i that's straight up man i i you know I'm more interested in, you know, someone who's different and what they do for a living and, you know, uh, who don't have, they don't have any tattoos and, you know, I mean, that's great to have common interests, right, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't, it's not, uh, it's not, um, you know, just because you have tattoos in a cool car doesn't mean we have a, a whole lot yeah. in common. Right. I, it's much deeper than that. Well, I, I, maybe I think you want to have people around you that are going to help you feel alive, like like the like the sentiments in uh, Far Side of Nowhere. Yeah, trying to find the yeah. trying to find the blue skies, as my Just mom real, would say. Real life stuff, you know. Real life experiences, real life stuff. Yeah. And is that is that to your wife or is that to friends? I mean, it's probably both, you know. But I think it's more of a love song, you know. Just kind of, uh, you know, on this record, I really wanted to break away from too much autobiographical and and so I wanted to write fiction nonfiction. I wanted to write heavy I wanted to write light and I even got into some character writing mm. but that was one where I just like I wanted it to be light and I wanted it to be something like you know just escape yeah yeah are you reaching out to a friend in uh, or is it someone in uh uh, give the sweet and low down no but it does have the it does have a slight uh it's almost like a confessional yeah <laughs> you know or something or like a, you know uh in aa it would be like doing a step with someone or 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 yeah or like you know you're in a confessional booth telling hey, father i've done this <laughs> you know but it's it's more of a tongue-in-cheek uh kind of like you know, you see people who are convinced that their way is the right way, and then okay, you're kind of already you're grateful that you already know yeah. what they're about to find out. Right. So it's kind of it's kind of cynical, and it's kind of 
like uh it's a lot about me you know it's it's me but at the same time it could be one of my friends right right yeah and same sort of idea when i go to don't drag me down just because you're reaching out to um whether it's a feeling or an addiction or a friend some sort of negativity that's in your life that you have to be able to to say okay things are tough right now with you her it whatever Mm. but i got to stay strong yeah i mean primarily that song though was about you know just experiencing racism you know Mm. and just like you know i i have never been a real political writer or um or even topical of the times Mm. But that one actually really, really was. And it's funny because it's in the set right now. And I introduce it basically as, you know, I experienced, I witnessed this in 1994 and was very affected by it. And, you know, gotten a lot of fights because of it and a lot of, you know, threats and a lot of like, you know, I I dealt with it. You know, because there was still kind of a negative element coming to our shows. And uh, so I, I... realized that I couldn't fight everybody. I was, it's exhausting and it's impossible. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that it was more effective to write a song yeah. and make people think. And so when I introduce it, it's like, you know, it was bad in 94, but to witness it even in now is really bad. Is that and the riots in LA? to make people think. Riots in LA were 94? Is that what is that kind of when it came to a head? I'm thinking. No, it was just you know racial groups at yeah. our shows, kind of in oh. the crowd, beating up innocent college kids. Yeah, you know, doing you know Nazi you know yeah. type oh. stuff, and wow, you know, it was like okay, you have something you believe in, you have something you want to fight for. Why are you at a ninety nine percent all white crowd doing it? Yeah. Go into the neighborhood, go in the ghetto, yeah. and do it. If you really want to go to war, don't fight. Yeah. Go, go, and see how long you last. Right. So it really was just a song to make people think, and you know we get a lot of young kids at our crowds now, and it's really to make them think, you know, and 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 put. Uh, put it behind, put this behind us, you know. I think a lot of those type of people who can't seem to get rid of their anger in other ways, I think it's because they're lonely. And I think you're right about a lot about loneliness. But do you still have that sense? I mean, you grew up probably lonely. I understand needing to be a part of something. I mean, yeah. I, uh, that aspect of it, yeah. I really do. It's, they're clearly lost. And as much as I, you know, despise. And really would be willing to die for racism, you know, yeah. to fight racism, yeah. you know, um, because I feel that if you don't have something in your life, you're willing to, to die for it. Yeah. You, you don't really have a have anything, you know, to fight for. So feeling feeling that part, wanting to be a part of something is. But I do. Yeah, I do. I, as much as I despise that, I, I, I understand that need yeah. because I grew up with that, you know. Fortunately, I realized I was no, I would have never been any 
help to any gang because <laughs> I was far too self-centered, you know. And I didn't think that, you know, collectively right. to like. I didn't think the cause was good enough to really risk everything I had just for someone else's probably vision. So your and your so self-centeredness actually helped your own big picture, actually, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You it's kind of weird. Because there was it's funny where I grew up. There was cholo gangs. There was punk rock gangs. There was. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know. But I do, you know, that sense of belonging, and I do feel sorry. I do have a uh, uh, um, soft spot that it's like that's all they're really doing, you know. God, yeah. I wish, I wish there was a way of reaching them, you know, that would could bypass this. Yeah, because they would probably grew up in a really fucked up situation. They obviously don't like who they are, who they've become. But this is temporarily, you know, I mean, I had outlaw gangs. I was 35 years old. I thought I wanted to be 35 years old. Uh, I was 12 years sober. I thought, oh, outlaw bike club, maybe, you know? Yeah, and it was like, wait a minute. I would have to go against everything that I know is right today. That's that's not going to work, you know? But there was that certain allure you know, attraction, you know, of like power and uh, glamour and, you know, control. So writing, writing Crown of Thorns, is that where you, you have that sort of empathy for these people, right? You're in this situation. I get it because I won. I've been there. I've worn that mm-hmm. Crown of Thorns. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah, you write that? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And I think people need to know that you've been there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe just their neighbor, too, just anybody. They need to know mm-hmm. that. And maybe that you've been there and you've battled through it. Because at some point in time, you had to go, this is not the right way to live. At age 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a seven-year-old son. Yeah. Wanting to get on a Harley and, you know, with a pack of guys and go, you know, yeah. bust heads. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> right? Ridiculous. So that's why you box it's, now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, right. And now I get to bust heads, but I get to do it. You know, a big bag. I, yeah. Hey, uh, two more songs off that record, if I can ask you, is um, Untitled. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot about loneliness, too. But maybe trying to depend on God, that's why I really wrote on that. Is that? Uh, that and just, uh, you know, uh, the value of, of friends and family, true friends, true family. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's all about quality not quantity you know and i i think i would introduce it as if you don't have friends or family i'm afraid you don't have you know well i'm sorry but i'm afraid you don't have anything if you don't have that uh interesting song i thought was when the angels sing mm-hmm. that was uh, uh i wrote that when my grandmother died mm. and uh you know just the uh Life and death and everything in between. Yeah. You know, aren't, you, how, aren't you talking to God in that song rather than your grandma? I mean, writing it yeah. about her, but talk, asking God, you know, why? Yeah. Uh, who am I to question question you when, when it mm-hmm. all comes down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a plan. Uh, you know, I believe there's a plan. And, you know, you have to sometimes uh, believe that that's, you know, her time had come. She yeah. was 88, you know. She lived a long life. Yeah. Uh, can um, didn't you do a pre? You should have done a preamble from Hee Haw. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. When you write bad luck, mm-hmm. <laughs> I assume you saw Hee Haw when you were a kid mm-hmm. too, right? If you're mm-hmm. a TV guy, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, 
right, right there's empathy in the, in the big realm. It's like, you know what? It, just being so pe- pessimistic and feeling stuck in it, that's maybe the, mm-hmm. the shame of it all, isn't it, when you write that? Well, it was kind of like, um, you know, sometimes I like to write about, you know, it's more of an observation of other people, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, and just, but it's a perfect example of trying to run your life on self-propulsion only. Oh, okay. What you were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then I say you're lucky to get through it then, right? Definitely. <laughs> Even the bad luck brought you through it. That's right. Cold Feelings is, a, is the other song off of Somewhere Between uh, Heaven and Hell. Well, those, you know, I went through a period where I lost like six friends in four years, I think, and uh, sober and just like, you know, various ways of death and, you know, but mm-hmm. it was like, wow, this is gnarly. Like, is this what I'm looking at? You know, like, and it it just was one of those things where it just all happened kind of all at once. Did you start doing yoga back then? I mean, when I read lines like trying to separate my mind and my body, or my body and my mind is more how, I mean. No, I was meditating back yeah. then. Which, which I think yoga is kind of that. Which is completely lacking from my life right now. But I know when I'm doing that, you know, I'm much more grounded, you know. So, yeah, I mean. Well, you know, it's it's easy to get out of the, just sort of step away from things because you get busy with so many other things, and all of a sudden you have to go, ah, meditation, yoga, where am I? Where am I? Yeah, I mean, in 94, 95, it was, it was that struggle between the Peep Show and St. John's Church in New York City when I was, I was living in New York. Okay. And now it's the battle between, you know, the cashmere and the clothing and, you know, right. and meditation. Yeah. You know, right, it's yeah. like that balance. Balance, it's a constant balance. struggle and seeking balance for me. Yeah. So you reach for the sky. That would be a segue about living for today and trying to yeah. trying to understand things. So I'm just segueing. Living, in the, mo- <laughs> living in the moment yeah. and, uh, yeah, not thinking yeah. about the future or, or the past. But the day may come when you get nothing to lose. I think that's almost when we start living, isn't it? When we figure out this is, th- this is all we have is right now. Right now. Right now, it's 625. There's a band doing sound check. Yeah. I'm doing an interview. It's, my wife is surfing or something. My kids are doing this. The band is doing this. Yeah, right. And you just kind of got to let it all be. Uh, and I, I, I'll take a song off the, of, I'll take a line out of the song, Live Before You Die, which is kind of dovetails for me for that. But leave your troubles and your worries far behind. Mm-hmm. So far behind, because that's. That's the way we can live for today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, powerful song. Thanks. Yeah, and in the in these two, you're writing for yourself to remind yourself. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. One more song off of that record is "Angels' Wings." I, again, back into the uh, I've triumphed in the face of adversity, and and I've became the man I never thought I'd be. Wow, love that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good place, right? And tired of figuring out things on my own. But yeah, that's, right. the, that's that's when you got to start. Gr- Getting it from outside sources. Hey, when when Bruce Springsteen lays his um, his uh, my favorite album of the year, does that does that at the time give you like, okay, I, I've I've made it, I've arrived. 
What does it it's do for you? It's definitely a milestone for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, we still have never been on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, <laughs> or because we don't want to pay the money. <laughs> don't yeah, even get me need going. To know that people need to know that. But uh, but what was great about Springsteen is twenty years later, it's still happening. You know yeah. him. Uh, you know, wanting to do the encore with the Mike Ness band or asking me to right. show up to the L.A. show and do one of my songs. And then I, and uh, it's really funny because I, the night before, I had learned one of his songs, The Rising. Oh, yeah, what a great song. And I, I had to like, you know, we practiced Bad Luck six times and then we were done when it's like, man, I, I, it wasn't enough that we were doing one of my songs. I, I, if right. I come up to L.A. and right. I want to do two songs, and one of them I want to be yours. So I had to pull, my advocate was little Steven. Mm. And I just pulled him aside. I go, hey, bro, man, I learned this song. It's my favorite song. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, Bruce. You know, and it was like, great. Uh, that was the that was a milestone. Another one. So, so gro- growing up, I can say now, and I say honestly, I don't think I appreciated Born to Run when it came out. Mm-hmm. Did you? No, I didn't know about it. Yeah, but that was so much I didn't know about. Right. It. You know, I mean, I didn't even know who Iggy Pop was till, you know, the eighties. You know, I I, I I was hip to a lot of stuff. Right. But but no one's hip to everything. Right. You write Prison Bound uh, way back in 88 when you're, you're just trying to say to people, don't, don't waste your life. Yeah. Because yeah, I may I, never know another way. 88, I, mean, I was three years clean, and I was grateful that I didn't go down the road that some of my friends had. You know? mm. Is that, did you become grateful when you, were, when you became clean and sober pretty quickly, or did it take... It took about a year, really. I mean, I had tastes of it, but, yeah. you know, the first year, you're just, you know, the chemicals are just coming out of your body, and, you know, I mean. Yeah. But For a year. Important to important to be grateful and, uh, and realize where I could be, you know, if, if I was still alive. Another show I loved, Lock Up, you know. Yeah. Uh, I watch all those things because it's like, kind of makes me realize, like, wow, wow, I have come a long way. What, what was the first song that you wrote? I, I, I'm just going to say, I think it might have been something like No Pain, No Gain when, you're, when you understand life's a struggle and you start appreciating it. But I wondered if that was a big, certainly that's three years later, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a big turning point in your life. But was there a song that was the turning point when you kind of went, Wow, this is really how I am going to live. Probably that, that was a that was probably one of them. Yeah, I would say, I would I would think that would be a definitely one that would uh, define that period. Yeah. Do you, Do you think we're missing struggle in in the world today? That people don't really understand what struggle is. Yeah, because people just get caught up in their careers and they they gauge success by how much they make, where they're living, what kind of car they're driving, um, where they are in their mm-hmm. business or whatever. Wow. Um, it's, and unfortunately, that, that doesn't make you whole. Yeah. That's only your economic 
that's only one facet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me let me take my lyric backhoe and pull it and pull it out of uh, "I want what I want." The best things in life aren't things. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> simple words, but so mm-hmm. right in the heart of the matter. What you're just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we're still there. You decide to cover "Ring of Fire," which is really sort of an old gospel song, isn't it? Or did Johnny Cash? No, June wrote it. June Cash, with, with June Carter a, Cash, with wrote another it? writer. Uh, to me, it's just a love song, you know. I'm just, but but at the time, yeah, people were like, "What? You're going to cover a Johnny Cash song?" Yeah, why? Because I want to. But it's almost like Johnny Cash had to become cool again because he was. When I was growing up, Johnny Cash wasn't cool because he was just. And I'll say another cool guy that I like is Merle Haggard or mm-hmm. Marty Robbins, guys sure. that my parents listened to that I went. That's stupid. That's not the Beatles. That's not for me. Journey mm-hmm. and Boston and mm-hmm. but yet you knew that you knew you knew there was authenticity there from the get go, didn't sure. you? Sure. I mean, you know, all that American music going back to the twenties. There's a certain amount of honesty yeah. and uh, heartfeltness of that music, whether it's blues or country or uh, you know they're writing. It's working class. They're writing about. Working to lower class issues, yeah, and therefore it's very honest and authentic. Right. That's what I appreciate about that American roots music. Is ball and chain a prayer? Yes, full, full yeah. on, yeah, full on prayer, yeah, and not necessarily for for whatever it is that's holding you back because you're you're begging for help in that song, aren't you? I mean, just yeah, I mean, it's basically just yeah, I got this. Let me hold on to it. I love it. Thank you. Let me hold on to it. Yeah. Thank you for it. <laughs> but knowing yeah. full well you got to you got to kind of change, right? Mm-hmm. And I love. I mean, I'm lonely and I'm tired and I can't take can't take any mm-hmm. more pain. I think too many times I said I'm lonely and I'm tired, mm-hmm. and I say the second one, but mm-hmm. I still don't want to admit to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But how many how many things in this life are easier said than done? I guess anything that's worth it, right? Yeah. Anything that's worth it. Well, I guess what it comes down to is nothing worthwhile in life comes very easy, I guess. Uh, Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's where I ask about the struggle question. Anything worthwhile in life, you have to work hard for. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, going through emotional pain, whether it's physical work, whether it's, you know... Well, then that's the story of your life, and that's where we'll end this, but talk to me about that song, the story of my life. I think it was just, that was also just reflective of just, you know, uh, life goes by so fast, and you just want to do what's right, and, you know, try to leave the world a better place than when you found it. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the thing that as I get older, I think I should know what's right quicker. But there's sometimes when I still feel like I'm a 14-year-old kid in my bedroom mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's mm-hmm. the right thing to do here. Sure. Yeah. Pisses me but off. that's okay, though. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I'll take it from you that it's okay, but it still pisses me off sometimes. It pisses I, me off big time. Well, and, uh, real, it's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Because I did grow up with my dad all the way through until mm-hmm. he just died a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and parents, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I always thought when... When I was a kid looking at him, I thought, well, he's got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. He's all set. I mean, so mm-hmm. when I get to be that age, I will be one, a man, too, and I won't mm-hmm. have any more questions for God. Mm-hmm. 
Turns out... He didn't have it all together. And it turns out, nor do yeah. I. Yeah. Nor do you. And that's okay. If we had it all together, we wouldn't have anything to strive for. Yeah. Man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this time. Thank you. It's yeah. very nice. No problem. Have a good life from here forward. You too. All right. Thanks, man. What you hear is a hardworking man who fought through it all more than I ever did. And he landed on his feet. And in the meantime, recorded some records that, well, musicians across the world hold in the highest esteem. Thanks. Thanks for listening in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, you are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks, questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper.